Welcome to Rocks Fall Everyone Dies Wine and Spirits Edition, where my players get to complain about their DM to their DM. I'm Scott, he, him, and I have almost everyone with me today. Say hello, almost everyone. Hello! Hello, Almost everyone. Tommy couldn't make it because he had a work thing. But I've got everybody else here. So, what is everyone's reactions to the end of season one? We made it. I apparently am in much more of a commitment than I initially realized. You're welcome! (laughs) Keeping you forever. Uh, We put you in our pocket and we are walking away. We actually almost (laughs) literally did that. Like, put you in a bag. Wait, what? That was one of the plans. (laughs) Can we talk for a second about the fact that we all came up with the same idea individually? Yeah. (laughs) Just to catch our listeners up real quick, Juan is going to be a full-time member of the podcast now because apparently my evil plans of using him as a guest character and a means by which I can torment the party over a series of many trials and tribulations has been dashed by puppy dog eyes. You're too good to us. If it wasn't for the turning, Martello would have become a recurring antagonist. Before I joined you guys in any of that, I had already been discussing various plans for different evil things we can do to you guys. Not so much evil as antagonistic things, because Martello is not evil. He's just... Self-absorbed? It can be arguable with some of the ways that he is that he could be viewed as lawful evil. Yes, he is a Gaston-style villain in that he is the hero, but he incites the town to do things that are... Not quite heroic. Yeah, not heroic at all. Unless there's puppy dog eyes. Blink, 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 blink. Unless there's puppy dog eyes. That was actually the plan. Martello was supposed to, like, rouse the townsfolk to run you guys out of town. But so much for my plans. (sighs) I would like to confess on record, I was acting completely alone and only found out that everybody else had very similar plans to mine after it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was all kind of individual, like, no, no, we have to keep him. Mm, well, what if? <laughs> so, what exactly were the other plans? Oh, like <laughs> we were going to knock you out. I mean, that was what Sanjana was going to do. And yeah, <laughs> so, I know there yeah. was some discussion about shoving you into a bag, and we were like, "Well, if we kill you and like chop you up, we can always reanimate your corpse." And you guys call me dark. Wait, so the plan was to bring me to Khaled. The person that Martello has sworn an oath of vengeance against. Yeah. And have him revive him. Yes. Admittedly a plot hole, but... <laughs> that would have been severely traumatic for him. We oh actually did not know that, so... Oh yeah, no, you guys didn't know that at the time. We were just like, we but... want to keep Martello around, because we want to keep Juan around. So how can we I'm... engineer this? Yeah, with no thought to the difficulties in scheduling a fifth person. No, it was just we needed to keep him. I actually showed up late to that planning session, and while Scott and Juan are in one room and the rest of us are in another room, and I popped in and heard them talking about either knocking him out or killing him, and I was like, what if we appeal to his better nature? And I actually remember explicitly listening to Tommy... (laughs) December go at the same time well we could but and then continue their conversation <laughs> we just wanted to kill you a little bit so that you could be revived that's all it was everyone staying in character that's really what it was yeah, yeah. it really was but now here's the question if you were to kill me and bring me to be revived would you also have brought LeFou totally 
All right, good. He'd be shoved in the back with you alive. I would say that I would have LeFou try and escape as much as possible before that happened. And if he got away, LeFou would become the recurring villain. That would be hilarious. Unless they killed him, and then instead of reviving him, he gets added to Frankenbro. Oh. Ooh. In Frankenbro becomes Lebro. No words. I think the only words that anybody would be able to come up with in, in response to that were, is just wordless laughter. Or perhaps Yas Queen. Yes! Oh, <laughs> oops. That was actually completely not on purpose. May I, as a cast member who's been taken against my will, make a request? Please. Can we do a one-shot what-if for if that plan happened? You know, I feel like that's verging on Battle Royale territory. It's a dark universe version. RFED multiverse. If they had done that, what kind of undead would you like to come back as? There are so many choices. I'm just going to say one thing pops into my head when I think of monstrosities and Gaston, and that's the beast. He just is, is more... the Disney character, though. Like, exactly. No, he's distinctive for legal reasons. Oh, yeah, true. He resembles, but is legally distinct from Gaston. <laughs> Were you going to say, Scott, about lycanthropy? Lycanthropy is more of a transmutation thing than a necromancy thing, but I can see the permanent lycanthropy type system being more for beast. Maybe a, uh, a werepanther or a werebear style thing. Ooh, as long as you don't make him a werebore. You know what? Just for that. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the beast very similar to a bison in design? I mean, in the original story, he's lizard-like with a tail. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I haven't read that since I was a little kid. I did not know that. A female author, by the way. I don't remember the name. But there's no real description other than he is hideous, he is scaly, and has a tail. Gabriel Suzanne de Villeneuve. So you're saying Martello would have to turn into a were-dragon in order to respect the original author's vision. I understand, and that's a curse I'm willing to take for narrative purposes. <laughs> No Gaston character in the original, by the way. No, I think that's the Disneyified version. Yeah, that is the Disneyified version. So moving swiftly on, how was everyone's school year? We are now, all of us, done with our respective school years. I don't think you want me to cry on Mike. <laughs> if we're looking for like real raw emotion, then yes, show me that pathos. But this is really more of a fluff episode, so. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. I did graduate. Ooh, that's Woo! good. Congrats. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to go in, I guess, character alphabetical order. So Bambi first. Well, I graduated. I had to quit my job. And mm. I recently got accepted into a graduate school where I'm going to be TAing. Neat. Nice. Very nice. All but the quitting the job part, good things. Well, I consider having to quit my job as a good part only because they treated me like absolute garbage. So it's been a little bit freeing. Awesome. How's your streaming career going? I actually made 80 followers recently. Ooh. And I think I have 10 subscribers that are, uh, you included, that have- Oh, that reminds me. I need to do a gift subscription. <laughs> it's so amusing to me watching you guys compete for that little icon on chat. But um, yeah, I have about 10 people that have 
been subscribing, I think, for about five months now. I didn't even think I was ever going to make affiliate, let alone be five months of affiliate. And I'm very much enjoying it. BT Dubs, that is twitch.tv slash phantomquill, P-H-A-N-T-O-M-Q-U-I-L-L, for all of those listeners out there who want to go watch someone struggle so hard at strangling people into unconsciousness so that they can get the next bit of story. Dear God, you're absolutely right. How did you get the camera feed to my basement? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Juan, have I told you today that I love you? Oh, thank you. You have not. That was the first time today, but you normally do, and I always love it. Thank you. Love you, too. So that brings us to the next alphabetically, because I cannot top that. Banked isn't here. I guess we'll skip to Greg. So, Desombra, how was your school year? Um... It was a lot of remote, <laughs> and it was the first year that I uh, taught fifth, and that was amazing. I went from middle school to fifth grade, and I'm loving it because they're a bunch of nerds. So it's been a it's been a pretty good year. And as far as like grad school, got through my first year. Now just one more year and a half. So overall, pretty good. What happens after the year and a half? Oh, I get to be a real teacher. No, um, I don't have my full license. Like, I do, but I am doing alternate routes, so I have, like, an alternative license or, like, a provisional license. Well, actually, that's not true. So in New Jersey, I have to go to school, get the alternate route provisional license, and then I have to wait, I guess, another year or two and then get my full license. So it's just a lot of waiting. It's one step closer. One step closer. Yeah, I don't have to deal with that stuff because I have reciprocity through my license in Florida. Yeah. The one thing Florida's good for. Mm. You guys have gators. That's true. We do have gators. You mean and... Floridian swamp cats? Yes. Is that a plus, though? Is that? I mean, I watching an alligator climb a fence is very entertaining. Plus, just the way they walk, like they just got their nails done, is also always great. Big cuddly dinosaurs. Also, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but fun fact, at Kennedy Space Center, the fences are actually seven feet tall and they're curved outwards because they used to have a problem of gators climbing over the fences and getting to the rockets and dying. So they had to curve the fences outwards so that the gators, when they crawl up, would fall back down. Gators in space. <laughs> she got her degree and she deserves to be in that office and I will defend her till the end of time. She's just going to do her job. Yeah, that gator got that engineering degree, you know, working nights, raising kids. It was a real tough job. You know, you know how hard it is to raise a litter of ba gator babies? Yeah, and you know, if the temperature goes up, it's all boys. And you know how rough that can be. Oh, extremely. That's not even getting into how they write their papers. Oof. It's a speech-to-text program. You know what? Actually, that makes a lot of sense. I would love to hear those recordings. It just sounds like Scott doing his Dr. Claw voice. Indeed. <laughs> so, alphabetically next by character, Martello. Juan, how was your school year? It was good. Became head coach for the fencing team at my school, so that was a cool thing. Hectic, crazy year of virtual, and then, like, I got invited to join this podcast out of nowhere. That was super weird. Who are they? I'm gonna go beat them up. I need your focus. <laughs> uh, well, you're gonna have to take that up with the person running that podcast. I believe their name is Scott. <sighs> what a coincidence! That's a name that sounds like a guy who's flying by the seat of his pants, having never done any of this stuff before. 
yeah, I don't really have as much to tell. It's been mostly quarantining. Quarantining. It's like quarantining, but you get really into maze. Listen, that's a perfectly cromulent word. I thought you said Romulan for a second, and I thought we were about to go into an entire Star Trek thing. Nobody got that, huh? I'm the only one rewatching The Simpsons, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't watch The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to, actually. I was only allowed to watch sci-fi. My mom had a thing with The Simpsons, too. She really just didn't like the way Bart spoke to his parents. My parents saw cartoons and thought it was fine. My grandmother didn't want me to watch Studio Ghibli films because she thought that all anime was hentai. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. Spirited Away has some serious sexual undertones. <laughs> wow. Ew. My mom just, like, put the kibosh on The Simpsons. Keep in mind, the same woman who showed me Blazing Saddles when I was eight. She liked humor. Now, that movie is a classic. Doesn't hold up as well today, but it's classic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had a sophisticated sense of humor, but I wasn't allowed to talk back. <laughs> mm, a sophisticated sense of humor. You enjoyed the movie with the entire scene where people were sitting around a campfire farting. And sometimes you're just a pawn in the game of life. Still haven't seen that film. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it, like, and then you can sing along. Oh my God. Tired. <laughs> Anything else from this year that you want to regale us with? Uh, I am now realizing I am extremely boring. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, no, I'm good. All right, so I guess alphabetically last, uh, Sanjana, that would be Lena. How was your school year? Actually, it turned out to be okay. I wasn't sure in the beginning, for listeners, to remind them, I'm a preschool teacher. And with the whole thing with COVID, you just didn't know what little kids were going to do. As it turns out, little kids did really well. They did better than we did. They just kind of accepted it. I, I did luck out that I, I have the age group that they are little enough not to be freaked out, but old enough to just follow the rules because they didn't want to get sick. You know, we called it the big germ and nobody wanted to get the big germ. And then we moved on with our lives. You know, I found different ways to relate because the kids are so little. A lot of the restrictions, you know, hurt my teacher heart. You know, no, no hugs. And, and how do you comfort a little kid that that misses their mommy? So I had to find other ways to connect with the kids and it made me a better teacher. And when all this goes away, I have a lot of techniques that can help build a community, even if somebody is on the outside, you know, because we all had to stay six feet apart. And yeah, I did that with little kids. And I got to, for the first time, I've been teaching for so long, but I've never taught this particular age group. So my first time ever, I had to do a graduation. I do not like throwing parties as a general rule and throwing parties for someone else is not my thing but it was so cute we sang a song and they were adorable and i love them and i actually got to finish out a school year yay this time last year i didn't even know if i was going to return to teaching who knew what the world was going to look like but as it turns out it was fine you know some things are rough but got through it and i gotta tell you masks in school a plus because I did not have to deal with the river of body fluids that happens when you work in a school, especially with little kids. You know, I didn't have any plague go through my class. You know, one kid gets sick and everyone gets sick. I call it the 11 o'clock drop because the Tylenol lasts four hours. So they give the kid at seven o'clock right before breakfast. The kid gets to school and they're fine. And then 11 o'clock, they're sick. And the parents are like, we have no idea what happened. Not this year. Because work was more flexible for parents to say, no, I need to stay home for my kid. And because we wouldn't let anyone back in if they had ever been sick, kid would be absent. 
everyone recovered so much quicker from like these little sniffles that would drag out for weeks because people would just not keep their kid home infecting the rest of us. So, you know, Johnny gets a cold, Johnny stayed home for two days, Johnny came back and everyone's fine. And I'm not covered in snot the entire year. So yeah, good in the bad. You are so strong for being able to handle little kids on a daily basis. Thank you for that. But it's really them. <laughs> it's a good distraction from everything else. You know, when we started in September, everything was still so hot, you know, and just because of the way we divided our class, I had some kids that I had the previous year. So I already had history with them. So while it was awkward to have the masks on, it w we already knew each other and they trusted me. Then I had this one new kid who was new to the school. She was a great distraction. As nervous as this little one was, it pulled me out of my head when I was worrying about, you know, listening to the, the numbers update, you know, was the governor speaking and, you know, somewhere around the school year, I just stopped listening to it because I had been listening to it since March, you know, the daily briefing. And then I just got busy with work, which was a blessing because it was really, really weighing on my anxiety. So when I think back to like September, October of 2020, thank goodness, I will not remember the anxiety of wondering if this thing was ever going to go away. I actually just remember trying to connect with this little kid who was very nervous because it was her first time in school. So I'm grateful for that. I have the benefit of having listened to all of those wine and spirits, like the one that you did with Sombra that was recorded like almost a year ago at this point, I think. He was like, I don't know what we're going to do because they're not going to be able to see our faces. I wonder if these kids are going to develop correctly. And yeah, what am I going to do without hugs? Uh, yeah, I, everything. I was worried about like all my special needs kids who who need, you know, instruction and, and, and take information from more than just someone's eyes. And I was so worried. And, you know, the kids figured it out. They thought it was kind of funny. And we had moments of talking about how annoying it was sometimes, but that we didn't want to get sick. And we agreed that it was more annoying to be sick. And, you know, this is the rule. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, even the little kids, because you think, oh, how did the children do? Well, we all know kids like, you know, seven and up, we're going to assume you can just have a, a candid conversation. Little kids understood it too. Even toddlers got it because I work in a daycare and there are little itty bitties. The rules were a little bit different for them because they were under two. However, we ended up making it a teaching moment because they could put on their little masks themselves. So they were developing their fine motor skills, but it wasn't a problem. They don't care. Just think of like, you know, a little kid with glasses. You go, how do they get a baby to wear glasses? Well, you put it on them and they get used to it. So it really was a non-issue. I mean, did we get hot? Was it annoying sometimes, you know, if you couldn't understand each other? I'm not saying that didn't happen. But yeah, I was so traumatized. I really thought the kids were going to be broken and I was not going to be able to teach. We got over it. I love the fact that little kids can bounce back from anything, though. And that was the big reminder. It was like, you know, despair for the adults and the kids are like, whatever. It was a little sad, but I got used to it. You know, little kids like to make plans, whether they involve their parents or not. You know, you can come to my house and do it. So now the caveat was always when the big germ goes away, you can come to my house and play, you know, and they just kind of added that in. And I had one little kid just look at me and say, but it's a germ, right? Yes. So it makes people sick. Yes. But doctors make you better, right? Yes. And the doctors are going to figure out how to make us better? Yep. And make the germ go away? Yeah. Okay, so it'll go away one day, right? Yeah. Is it going to be a long time? I don't know. Oh, adults say things are a long time a lot. 
Sometimes it's not. And he just walked away. <laughs> From the mouth of babes. It just puts it in perspective, like it will have an end date and kids have just have accepted it. And for some reason, adults who know this better can't grok that. So I spent the last 10 months in bliss being surrounded by the innocence that reminded me that this is just a little blip in history. We'll be fine. 20 years, we'll be like, oh my goodness, remember 2020? Uh. That means so much when you're coming from, especially like somebody of that age, they're... My godson, the only life he knows is COVID because he was born right before it. Yeah. The thing is, you it also teaches us to be honest with children, honest with ourselves, and also be able to sit in different emotions because at the same time, even the kids recognize that they were spending more time with their families. They reminded me of those things. You know, say, I miss play dates with my friends, but my dad plays with me. And then meanwhile, I know this is a dad that used to work all day, you know? And so it's like, well, you know what? The kids are, are finding ways to bounce back. I felt really lucky to just be with them because they were a super big distraction. When the holidays came around, we're all going, how are we going to do Halloween with COVID? The kids were like, so Halloween, this is what I'm going to be, you know, like, just move on, figure it out. And by after, I'd say the holidays had come and gone when the year turned over. It was no longer a thing where you felt, how are we going to do it with COVID? It just was, okay, this is the next thing we have to do. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood, Surly Turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. We're at the end of the season, and I am letting everyone level up to level five. Yay! Not everyone. What is everyone going to do for level five? Uh, let's do this reverse alphabetically. Uh, Sanjana, what are you taking for level five? Oh, I don't know. Do you want to make a decision now, or do you want to think about it, and I guess it'll just be a surprise at the start of season two? I need to think about it for a little bit. All right, cool. So let's see, reverse. Martella, we already know that you are already a level five paladin. For level five, I'm taking a position on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that brings us to Greg. Greg, what are you doing with level five? So I am going to have another class. I am going to be a barbarian. No. That's correct. Wait, wait, wait. You're kidding. You're going barbarian? Yep. I'm going to be a vampire barbarian turtle slash bard. Yep. This is going to be the most wicked thing ever. Oh, my God. Oh, True tale. I'm finally getting to play with a barbarian. Yep. 
Any particular reasoning behind it? First of all, that sounds really rad. I agree. When the idea came up, I was like, yeah, I need to do that. I don't really even need another reason other than it's super rad. But I feel like the character has a lot of rage. And this class lends itself to that, from my understanding. So I think it just fits with his character and his character development as he gets angrier and angrier. And I I always kind of like envisioned him being just like a curmudgeon. I think this is just going to enhance that. Yeah, I think that with some of the stuff that I have planned for season two, a low constitution barbarian is going to be kind of fun. And that D12 hit dice is not going to be something to scoff at. In the standard tradition of Greg making absolutely no sense. Yeah, he's got a low constitution. Among other things, like he's a bard that makes no sense either. So I will say that I have turned several people, at least several people have told me that they're going to start listening to the podcast specifically for Greg. I'll explain everything, and then everybody will go, well, that Greg guy, like, I think I'll listen to it for him. Mm. Greg is a fan favorite. Oh, gosh. Well, I hope I live up to those expectations. You already have. You really do. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, the question that all the fans are probably wondering, since you're going barbarian, are we going to get to see raging attacks with the Hachitomatone? Or... Do you think you're going to switch to the sword that Banked is giving you? Just his anus the whole time. No. (laughs) (laughs) The raging anus. The raging anus? Did we get to sponsor us? Oh my god. Give us that money. Except for like the one little tune that you played on the automaton in episode 21. Like you basically only cast spells with your farts at this point. It's so. an art form. So I feel like this is just the way he expresses. I believe you mean a <laughs> fart form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. And it's a cloaca. I'm what? <laughs> Where you fart from? The orifice on a turtle. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't know the name of a turtle anus but now you've enlightened me so that's good you teach science now so you should know that oh yeah because that's gonna come up in fifth grade science it should it comes up in spanish at least once a day where does bird poop come from if it comes up i just don't tell them Boo. I'm not gonna... <laughs> i mean i actually do i did in fact steal your idea and i did take a question for it because they were asking way too many questions not that questions are bad questions are great and i love that they ask a million questions but you can't get through a lesson if there's that many questions and there's not like a designated question time the ability to say put it on the board is really super helpful in minimizing off-ramping discussions what i tried to do at first was i tried to like take some time whenever we were at the end of a lesson and i still had some time left to like pull some questions off the board and answer them class-wide but that ended up being more of a divergence than i needed so what i ended up doing instead was i ended up just writing the answers on the questions themselves and anyone who was interested can go find the answers to those questions i love that idea That's a really good idea. See, I was doing it like after tests or like on a Friday. If we were done with the lesson, I was just like answering them. But that's good because I I actually left quite a few unanswered because I didn't have enough time. There were so many of them. Exactly. Just write the answer on the question itself. And if they're doing it on an index card, then there's plenty of room for that. You can write it on the back if you need to. Sometimes that actually helps you in answering those questions because you can actually put a diagram on there that you can't do in conversation. Yeah. Well, I used to do it in, like, because I had to have to prepare. Like, I don't know the answers to a lot of the questions because my background's in history, not science. 
Not that I haven't taken science courses, but still. So a lot of times I had to research the answer. So I would like put the diagrams in a PowerPoint. Nice. Like I'd always have like a visual or show them a video because a lot of the questions were things like, is it true that if you put Mentos in soda, it'll explode? So you got to show that. A video works wonders there. In fact, an entire episode of Mythbusters devoted to that. I mean, I showed them that episode, but yes. Yes. (laughs) Or at least one of them. Yes. So bringing us back on track, now the burning question, the, the one that all of us absolutely need to know. Bambi, what are you doing for level five? Uh, I have to think about it. I've made some changes, but not very many. Like new spells? The ones... <laughs> I went a whole season, a whole season forgetting that I could update my spells every long rest. And I'm sitting there going, huh, you know, I could tweet this and I could tweet that. And then we would end a session and I'd forget about it because ADHD brain. And then we'd come back to it and I'd go, huh, you know, I don't really need this, but I could really use this. Guess I'll have to change that later. 27 episodes later, nothing has changed. And you've even leveled up since then. You've gotten more spells. Yes. The one spell that I do know that I'm very excited for that I'm probably sure I'm never going to use, but I would like to, is Animate Dead. Whoa. Yes, I agree. I would very much like to see that. The squishiest of the squishies of this group is going to have the same power as the guy that screwed us over. (laughs) Sanjo would be so proud. Uh, Excuse me, as the guy who gave you a second chance at life, or unlife, rather. I see it very differently in my head. But yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about that one. I do want to look over my spells. I thought I had done everything, and then I pulled up my character sheet and hit manage spells so that I could see, and it was like, you have one more cantrip, and... Three more spells that you could choose. And I'm sitting here like, when did that happen? Huh. Why don't I open up questions from you guys? You can ask me or each other anything you like at this point, And I may or may not answer, depending on how spoilery I think it might be. I have a question. Yes. Why? <laughs> because podcast. Next question. I need more explanation. Can you expand on what you just said? Pathos. Next question. Where is Jimmy Hoffa? (laughs) The hump at something or other field. Soldier field? Yes. The hump under soldier field. What is the answer to the universe? 42. 42. (laughs) (laughs) Obligatory. Yes. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, Judge John Hodgman answers that very graciously in his own podcast. Well, what's the answer? A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a taco. <laughs> True. Is an Oreo a taco? <laughs> is a taco a sandwich? I abide by the ruling of Judge John Hodgman. What is a sandwich? Heaven. <laughs> Scott, have you done anything for fun besides the podcast in the last year? What are you doing to keep yourself happy? Joy is overrated. Wow, that's dark. Uh, no, um, let's not ask that question, please. I thought that- you were still metalworking. There are a lot of other things going on in my life, so it didn't come to mind. Understandable. The last thing that I made was I started the billet for a steak knife for my father. It's an unfinished project at this point. The last project that I completed was your bottle opener. Which I'm very excited to see. It didn't arrive? You sent it? I sent it months ago. No, I never got anything. I thought you hadn't sent it yet. I sent it the address that you gave me. 
I should have gotten it. What the hell? Uh, That's the third time. I hate this place. All right, I will make another one. I'll try to have it done by your next birthday. I think you should probably wait on that. My next birthday is coming up pretty soon. Honestly, now that I've made it once, I can make it again. It's not that difficult. It was just a matter of trying to figure out what material to use and what not to use and how not to do it. Now that I've solved those problems, I can make another one. I think I'm going to use some round stock this time and flatten it out. Might use square stock, actually. Yeah, let's do that. I still need to make you your Plague Doctor mask. I haven't had a space to do so. Any other questions? Doesn't have to be can just you me. Please you can talk. The synthanasia. Say what? The synesthesia. Synesthesia. Thank you. Because Bambi has not opened up to anyone about that, I am not going to open up to anyone about that. I say things out loud, and none of you guys have commented on it. So surprisingly, you don't do it that often. It feels like I do, but I guess I don't. But I know that there have been a few times where I've, like, shouted and everyone looks at me and then moves on as if that's completely normal for a person to do, which I appreciate as somebody who has done that in real life. See episode 20. We can't see episode 20. We can only hear it. Other questions. What is Khaled's weakness? Squished pennies. So, like, we would have shown up with it and he just would have exploded. Well, he asked for it. It's a weakness in another way. It's like Hummel figurines. Oh my god, he collects swish pennies. It sounds like he's no. just an old lady. Does he keep it next to his collection of spoons from places he's been? No comment. Too spoilery. He has spoons, guys. We have to find his collection of spoons. Mission objective. Spoon collect. Oh, I have a question for everybody. Think of the podcast like an anime. If each of us had the choice to write in a character arc or a series arc of our choice, like to give a suggestion that had to be uh, worked on by the DM, what would you suggest? This question hits a little too close to home. I'm so sorry. Something we have to get can only be won from a music competition. <laughs> a golden fiddle, perhaps? Maybe. I would love a musical episode, but I think that would be very hard to uh, write ahead of time. I mean, The Holiday Spectacular is sort of a musical episode, except it ended up being more like... Uh, uh, a holiday showcase. <laughs> a holiday showcase of various... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Royalty-free? No. Uh, copyright? No. Public domain. There we go. It ended up being like a series of public domain things that we could do. Which is so hard. <laughs> Dramatic readings and 300-year-old songs. When I heard the holiday episode and with everyone doing stuff in character, I can help but think like, I want to do something like that with Martello because there's just so many dumb options as to how to go about it. The first thing that popped into my head, honestly, approaching an open domain song the way that William Shatner approached Rocketman, but as Martello. Oh my God. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. That would be so funny. There's always next year. <laughs> For next year, I was hoping to just destroy DeSombra's vocal cords and ask her to sing as Greg, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's banned under the Geneva Convention, so I'm not going to do that. It, it absolutely should be. I think my vocal cords would just explode. I think destroying DeSombra's voice as Greg would pair very well with a duet from Dr. Claw. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to suffer, you're going to suffer too. Vocal. You know what? Dr. Claw's voice is hard to do because it's like the Dr. Claw voice comes from pushing as much air through my vocal cords as possible to vibrate them. But you know what voice is actually harder? 
Dinozo, because the pattern of speech is just so counterintuitive and weird, I have to write everything he says ahead of time. It is so impressive. And even when I write everything he says ahead of time, I still flub it up because it is so... It's like if Yoda... Was Italian. Yes. And also smoked 50 packs a day. (laughs) Pirate I am! Kill you all I will! It, I will say it is very, very impressive that you can maintain the character. Like, from one actor to another. All I know is that I don't have to do that voice again, or do I? Never die, you will. <coughs> well, that's what you get for trying to bring back Dinozo. <laughs> Dinozo just came out of his grave and choked the crap out of Scott. <laughs> Dinozo was like, let me die. So wait a minute, that actually brings up an interesting question for me. So Greg, how do you feel about the shield in your possession? I guess as a player, I wanted to take it because it's really powerful, but I feel like he has complicated feelings when it comes to the shield because it's literally the dead carcass of his niece that he is holding and has in his purse. So that's awkward. I feel like he's only going to use it when he needs to. Like, he's not going to pull that out because that would just bring up too many bad memories. We can treat it as attuned, but not wielded for mechanics purposes. Yeah, which I think makes sense for his character because it's definitely tempting to use, but it's not something that he wants to use because it's just too painful. But he has it, so he could use it. That pretty much sums it up, I suppose. KDM. Yes. What was actually on Khaled's extensive grocery list? And if you could give me some reasons why without spoilers, that would be lovely. So, okay. So the stuff that you got, Bent and Martello, through the trading of Martello as a human billboard, did manage to obtain the black pearl powder, diamond dust, uh, ruby dust, emerald dust, sapphire dust, pearl powder, silver, iron, and gold powder... They're just a general list of expensive material components used for a number of different spells in a wizard spell book. And if you recall, Khaled just did obtain a brand new spell book full of high-level spells from Shatan. The teleportation shock sticks, he's building a teleportation circle. You guys know this. He goes up every morning and he casts teleportation circle in order that after a year, he'll have a permanent teleportation circle in his tower because that's actually written into the description of the spells. So that's what the really expensive stuff on the list was, like 20,000 gold worth of stuff on the list. The advanced component pouches and the rubber tubing and the xanthan gum and the round bottom flasks and stuff, those are all just wizardy stuff. To build out his laboratory, his specific field of focus is necromancy, but he is an arcane researcher. The Gorgon blood, left side of Gorgon only, live hatchling wyvern, manticore bile, and griffin blood, the belladonna, arsenic, and those sorts of things, they're useful quest fodder for sure, but there is a very specific reason for each of them. So that's what all that stuff is for. He needs spell components. Everything that I gave you guys at first on the list was spell components. Now, I did mention at the time that this wasn't a complete list, and there were going to be other things like fabrics and other sundries. Black silk, linen, cotton, canvas. He has a very specific look that he needs to maintain. But there's no reason why those looks can't be comfortable with fabric that breathes. Very wise. 
Yes. Also, a bunch of spices like cinnamon, pepper, salt, nutmeg, cloves, that sort of stuff. Like a whole bunch of very expensive sundries. But they're all trade goods. And he was able to give you guys the money for the stuff that he really needed, the magical stuff. But if you guys had any extra leftover cash by haggling, which Tommy really failed to do consistently, then you guys could buy stuff for yourselves or you could fill out other stuff on the list. And Tommy decided to use that money to get himself a handy haversack. I do have one last question. Yes. Will Colette be okay with the flavors of taffy that Bambi chose for him? Ah. Mm, remind me again, it was watermelon. Extra sweet watermelon and banana, I believe. I believe Tommy was very adamant about banana being one of the flavors. I was very excited for extra sweet and watermelon, but we all know how that turned out. Mm, yes. He specifically asked for plain old saltwater taffy. So how he's going to react to that? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. But watermelon and banana certainly weren't on that list. Can we just appreciate that there's now a possible future where you get back to Khaled. Khaled just like immediately kills Martello and then is like, wait, you didn't get regular? <laughs> Looking down at the one behaved child that he has, like, how could you <laughs> fail me? Oh, no, he thinks Sandra behaves. Okay, one of the two children that I have that, that actually behaves, and you fail me? I appreciate that everyone just glossed over Martello's death in that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Listen, we can look into lycanthropy or perhaps some other version of undead. I don't know how you feel about uh, mummies, but... Uh... Uh, Martello's less of a mummy and more of a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I love it. God. I think it's getting to be about that time where I'm turning into a pumpkin. Uh, I need to end this episode. Hey, Scott. Yes. There is a running theme in the show of poop. I have with... no idea what you mean. My sense of humor certainly isn't juvenile enough for poop humor to be the one consistent form of comedy I can do. What could you possibly mean? I mean, when you're listening to a podcast and the party splits up into three groups and two out of three groups end up having poop-themed adventures... This just brings me to my question. Since Martello is now a cast member and will no longer be a tool for you to use against everyone, will Martello be receiving a poop storyline? Hmm. So we're going to be taking a break for next week. <laughs> but we'll be back for our Summer of Strahd one-shot on August 21st. We'll be releasing those episodes every other week, and there will be no wine and spirits during the summer. But we'll be back with Season 2 after Summer of Strahd. Say bye, everybody! Bye! bye. That was a crappy thing to do. That was a crappy thing to do. Thank you for listening to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident mushroom Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash phantomquip. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Sambra. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com. 